You know, I always like to take this opportunity to talk about myself. The man of the hour. And let me tell you something, Daddy. When you're the man, you make history every time you step foot in this ring. And that's the bottom line. Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 98 of the Joe Sweet Wrestling Podcast. Yes, indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a lot of episodes. We're about to hop right on into it. Not a lot of subjects today, but we're still going to get it done. So you can find me at linktr.ee slash pod. Also on Twitter at TooSweetPod and at OMG. C-O-R-E-Y-B. So, we're going to hop into this, ladies and gentlemen. Not going to waste any time. We're going to start with Buddy Murphy, ladies and gentlemen. How about this? It's Monday night, right? And the National Championship is on. And there is no way on God's green earth that I am watching Monday Night Raw over LSU winning the darn thing. So, I'll stay up until all the way until midnight. So I turn on Raw and get through the long show. It wasn't too bad, but we get down to the fist fight. And excuse me, beforehand, Buddy Murphy loses another match to Alistair Black. Good match, but he, I don't understand why that feud was still going on. He kept losing and losing and losing, excuse me. So he's hanging on the barricade. We have a, uh, a segment, a rowing segment, excuse me, another squash. And then we get to the fist fight. And, like, I can just tell that this was a creation of Vince McMahon's. Like, let's have a fist fight. And let's not even debut the rules until an hour before the show. I guess that's just his creation. Like, that's just my opinion. But to the point, the match was getting kind of good. And then it, it just didn't make any sense to how it ended. It just ended so flat. So we have Seth Rollins looking for help. From Buddy Murphy, and he gets it. Uh, Seth Rollins' AOP goes on to pick up the victory, and Buddy Murphy aligns with Seth Rollins and the AOP. And I gotta say that this doesn't make much sense. Like, here it is Buddy Murphy has lost all these matches in a row, and at the least. Here's the deal. I would at least like you at least have some momentum behind Buddy Murphy before you have him aligned with the AOP. Like, uh, what kind of payoff was this? Like, we didn't even build to it. Like, there was no build or tease to it. Like, it didn't really make sense to me. But here's the deal. At the least, it's a push for Buddy Murphy. And look, there are many several ways that they can go about this. Ah, this could be like, you know what, it kind of reminds me of, it's four guys, so it kind of reminds me of Triple H over Evolution. Ah, this could be like Seth Rollins' Triple H over AOP and now Buddy Murphy. Like, this could mean big things for Buddy Murphy, or it could mean that he's in the background with the other three guys as the flunky of the group. Hopefully, it is the former, and that, you know what, Buddy Murphy gets a push, and that, you know, uh, he gets into some great rivalries, and maybe we can build Buddy Murphy up into what he should be, and that is a main piece on Monday Night Raw, the guy can go in the ring, look, I wish him nothing but the best of the storyline, this was like, there is something to 
a turn or joining a faction, there is something to that when it's a big moment. Like Hogan joined the NWO. That was huge. And like I'm not expecting uh, somebody joining a faction to come up to the level of Hulk Hogan. But when somebody joins a faction, normally it is a huge deal. And it, this just didn't feel like a huge deal on Monday night. That's just my opinion. But I'll give it a chance, like always, to see how it plays out going forward. So, ladies and gentlemen, moving on to Marty Skrull. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, everyone thought AEW is the choice. This is where Marty will end up. You know, he popped up in NWA for a little bit. Ah, uh, Nick Aldis invaded Ring of Vine. I thought that was a nice touch. But uh, everybody's thinking, you know what, He's gonna Marty's going to leave. Uh, Ring of Honor is going to go to AEW and man, you know what happens when you assume uh, everybody assumed and look what happens. Marty Skrull signs a new deal, lucrative deal with Ring of Honor and not only did he sign the deal with Ring of Honor he is now the head booker of Ring of Honor. How about that man? It's like Marty Skrull went into these negotiations and just said give me everything and he just started naming stuff out give me a jet and yeah, let me be the head booker and Ring of Honor said okay we'll do it and <laughs> I don't know if Marty Skrull was caught off guard by it but he got it and he signed on the dotted line with Ring of Honor and look man I don't necessarily think that Ring of Honor was the greatest choice but I cannot blame a man for getting paid and becoming a head booker look he got a lot out of this and I'm happy for him like I'm a fan of his work I don't necessarily keep up with Ring of Honor a lot but with the times that I have have seen Marty Skrull he just comes off as so believable and he can go in the ring as well I love the character as well so I wish him the best in Ring of Banner hopefully he can turn it around and we will see ladies and gentlemen like I hope he doesn't run into the situation that the Young Bucks ran into like the Young Bucks they're they're doing a good job but they're they have came to the pressure of you know what we can't make ourselves tag team champions we don't want to go have well, pick up too many wins because we don't want to have the stereotype of we're booking ourselves to the titles and sometimes when you deserve it you deserve it and at some point look man the young bucks are the best tag team in or at the least one of the best tag teams in the world uh, they're gonna deserve to win those titles in aew at some point and marty skrull isn't eventually gonna deserve to win that ring of Honor world title and i hope he doesn't get cold feet whenever he has the momentum that's just my opinion so moving on to another possible move from a wrestler, Brian Cage, to AEW. Like, man, I'm sitting there watching Impact Hard to Kill, and like the craziest news comes up on my timeline. Brian Cage to AEW, and the first thing I typed was, whoa, because like I wasn't even expecting it, and it was just a big surprise for it to just come across my timeline and obviously man like I'm sitting there and I'm watching it and like this came from the Twitter account at SoCal Uncensored and uh, Melissa Santos went on to deny the report so it's still up in the air but Brian Cage's contract is up but when he lost to RVD or when he got taken out of the match versus RVD the way he did it, I said, you know what, something might be up. And it, I would appear that or it was reported that 
Brian Cage has a torn bicep, so that what was what was up there. But if he does go to AEW, there are so many possible matchups that he can go down the list of. You no, know, obviously Kenny Omega, ah, Pentagon, Pentagon and Brian Cage had some really good matches back in Lucha Underground. Go back and check that out. Uh, the list goes on and on. And AEW, I've always said this, they are in desperate need of a big guy because their roster is i don't want to say full of cruiserweights but you know what full of cruiserweights and i'm not the the, the type that has the stereotype of well the big guy needs to be the world champion you have to be this size to do that no i'm not like that but when you look at it when you have a roster full of cruiserweights like it, it doesn't invite a good mix to your roster so you need somebody to mix that up the only big legitimate big guys in the AEW singles division is what Adam Hangman Page and even I don't really consider him a traditional big guy like the big show is a big guy he comes across big Undertaker came across big Adam Cole he's one of the, the big guys that you know what flies around like the cruise weights and he comes off as big but not necessarily as big as an undertaker at per se brian cage comes across as a big guy menacing big guy and this would be an incredible pickup for aw we will see how it happens uh, he was having a tremendous run in impact you know what i wouldn't mind seeing him stay there but we'll see if it's aw it will be a tremendous pickup for those guys moving on speaking of aw they have signed an extension with TNT, ladies and gentlemen. And how about this? Uh, Dave Meltzer is reporting that it is $175 million over four years, ladies and gentlemen. How about that? Pretty darn good for a t-shirt company, as people used to call them. So, here's the deal, man. This, this, this is unheard of for a startup wrestling company like we are not even months into or uh, half a year into the aw dynamite era and they have 175 mil from tnt and they're getting a second show to which uh this has been clarified as an extension of aw dark so i don't have any problem with that um Here's the deal, man. Even there are people that like this for wrestling. There are people still hating on AEW. But this is what you got to look at. What what was WWWF? Yes, I did say WWWF doing at the time when they started up. Ah, why we got to judge this? When I say unheard of, think about where WWWF was when they first started. Not many people know. Ah, where were they when they got started? Look at all these other companies. Where were they? Where was ECW when they got started? Um, as opposed to the rest of the wrestling landscape. And you know what? I can go on and on and on. Where was TNA when they got started? As opposed to the rest of the wrestling landscape, no one has been where AEW is right now as a startup wrestling company and that is history man like people are judging aw now you got to judge them when ah uh, they'll what of what they'll be five ten years from now they'll be extremely huge down the line so this is a tremendous get for them 
Well done, AEW. Great job for TNT as well. So, moving on from that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to move on to Tessa Blanchard. And, man, I've already got on the incident of what happened before the title match Sunday. If you want to check that, check that out, check out my Periscope at Too Sweet Pod or on YouTube at OMG Corey B. Uh, so, what we're going to move on today is how does Impact even book this going forward? It is a tricky thing, ladies and gentlemen. And, like, the immediate next thing that I think of is, will Eddie Edwards cash in with the Collier Shot Trophy? I can see that working out. I think that would be a tremendous uh, match. But looking at it going forward, I was always one to say that Tessa Blanchard winning the world title would be tremendous, but it would devalue the women's championship because Tessa Blanchard has pretty much put the world championship ahead of the women's championship. And now, here's the deal. I say, why should women challenge Taya Valkyrie? Now, she has the, the, the knockouts championship, and I'm at the point to where I'm saying, like, if I'm a woman, why am I going out the women's championship when I can go out the world championship now? Like that's what that's why I say that that's why I say that it devalues the title, it devalues the women's division as well. We'll see about how that turns out going forward. Taya Valkyrie, Taya Valkyrie, excuse me, wants a title for title match. I don't know if that's gonna go down. I wouldn't be interested in that because then you would if you set up a program with that, you would hold up the women's division and the men's division because there's no champion. I took championship to go after in the in the heavyweight division and in the women's division, so I do not want to see that. Uh, as moving forward, uh, a lot of people like to say that you know what I don't want to see a, a woman as champion, not because they're being misogynistic, but uh, they're saying that you know what the the matches wouldn't be believable, and there's some merit to that, like when. Tessa Blanchard went up against Madman Fulton. Like, you can tell that that guy is so big. It was kind of tough to believe that, tough to have a believable match with him. But it's, in most cases, you know what? I think Tessa Blanchard can pull it off, and I don't necessarily have a problem with it there. Uh, moving on, like, at this point, a lot of people are saying it's groundbreaking, and it is. But here's my deal. I don't think that impact like like we're not at a point to where all women can win the title because this is a very special case like Tessa Blanchard is the number one asset in all of impact wrestling and she got so much momentum to where she won the world title like I don't believe this is a case to where Talia Valkyrie is going to come in and win the world title or anybody else. Well, I won't say anybody else because you never know who catch momentum, but I, it's really lightning in a bottle. And like, you really have to build up some, some momentum if in, in the women's division or in the men's division. It doesn't even matter. Like it takes momentum to be able to win the world title, to win the world championship. And Tessa Blanchard got into storylines with the guys. I don't know if this will open the door for more women to get into storylines with the guys. We'll see as it goes forward. But it has to be a special case. And Tessa Blanchard is a special case here. I, obviously, I don't know how Impact books this going forward. But I have no idea what Tessa Blanchard does whenever she loses this title. Like, 
I don't know if she can go back down to the women's division because obviously she doesn't cherish the women's championship like she does at the World Heavyweight Championship. So I don't necessarily know if she can go back down to that division, but I'll be paying attention to it going forward. I think it's going to be very difficult to book, and I don't really see the title reign going for very long, but we'll see as it goes forward. Uh, moving on, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to break down AEW and uh, NXT. This was another good night of wrestling that I enjoyed, ladies and gentlemen. Going to start with AEW, as always. Uh, first up, we had Santana and Ortiz versus the Bucks versus the Best Friends versus Paige and Kenny Omega. This was a phenomenal opener. Uh, we had some great action. The crowd was hot for this one, man. Uh, we the, the crowd really got hot when they thought that Kenny Omega was going to face off uh, with the Bucks. I think it was either Matt or Nick Jackson. And then uh, the ultimate heel, Santana and Ortiz, broke that up. This was a phenomenal match. Uh, the spot of the match, obviously, was the group suplex that Orange Cassidy got involved in. But at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega picks up the win. And I got to say that I like it. They are going to go on to face SCU for the championships and the slow burn of Adam Hangman Page's heel turn continues to fester and I think it's going to boil over in that championship match. Uh, something's going to go down to where either Hangman Page or Kenny Omega uh, knocks each, knock each other over or they cost each other the titles in that match and we're going to get that feud going there. So this was a phenomenal match. I put it in my match of the year candidate on Twitter. You can check that out. Just type in at 2 sweet Pod 2020 and you'll see all my matches of the year from promos of the year and what so forth. So moving on ladies and gentlemen, we had a Cody promo after that and he came down he addressed MJF he addressed the stipulations and you know what? It was short and sweet. Cody said you are on MJF and I gotta say that you know what? The 10 lashes are still kind of weird to me, but it is what it is. Uh, we're going to have that and we're going to have a war, warlord, um, ward low, excuse me, match in a steel cage with Cody. And that should be really good. Uh, this promo was really good. And we'll see how this build turns out going forward as we head into revolution. Uh, after that, we had a quick George Nella promo. He challenged Phoenix, and I assume we're going to get that next week. But immediately after that, we had the Nightmare Collective. We had Brandy and Mel versus Chris Statlander and Sheeta. And this was, here's the problem, another problem with AEW's roster, in my opinion. When I say that, they need a change up. Uh, like I said earlier, they have a roster full of cruiserweights, so their matches are quick, 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 quick. A lot of them. And when it gets to the ladies, the ladies don't really wrestle fast like the AEW roster does. And they wrestle, they kind of wrestle the traditional matchup of start slow and build up the momentum. So a lot of the women's matches feel like they're going slow, but they're going slow compared to the rest of the roster. This was a match that the crowd didn't really get into. Uh, this was a match that I wasn't really into. Uh, at the end of the day, Chris Statlander and Sheeta ended up picking up the victory. But 
the Nightmare Collective, I'm not really buying. That's just my opinion. Like, they, I haven't really been into them. Like, I love me some Awesome Kong, but the group overall, I am not really into. That's just my opinion. Moving on, we had John Moxley versus Sammy Guevara. This was another one that started slow and felt slow as compared to that first tag team match, but they picked it up very well. Uh, Sammy Guevara hit a sweet Spanish fly off the top. And this was this one got really got moving after the commercial break, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the quick finish as well. Moxley picks up the victory with the rear naked choke. You don't see that every day, so that is a legitimate move in the world of MMA, in the world of sports, in the world of wrestling. A rear naked choke, and if you knock it on good enough, the person will tap out. So I enjoyed that. So Moxley picks up the win there. After which we had an inner circle beatdown on Moxley. Uh, Jericho pulled the spike from his jacket. I cracked it over Moxley's eye, and it was very much well done. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the Moxley build. Moving on, we had MJF, Butcher, and the Blade versus QT Marshall, DDP, and Dustin Rhodes. Uh, this, the match didn't pick up until DDP got the high tag. Crowd went wild. We had a MJF low blow in this match, which was really well, but the DDP dive from the top got the crowd going. Uh, at the end of the day, MJF picks up the victory out of nowhere with the roll-up for the win. And the build with MJF continues. Moving on, we got the main event, Darby Allen versus Neville. I thought that this was an excellent matchup. D Darby Allen's dives are just so physical. And I enjoyed the athleticism behind his dives as well. They are just tremendous. Uh, the spot that I loved the most in this match was the crucifix bomb from Darby Allen. This was a high octane matchup. Neville goes on to pick up the victory. He thought that he was the number one contender, but out comes John Moxley and he from the ambulance and he says, "No, no, no. We will fight over that number one contendership next week." This was a good episode of AEW. It was an improvement from last week. Didn't quite meet that normal level of downright awesomeness that AEW is, but it was definitely an improvement from last week, so job well done, AEW. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen, to NXT. We had Keith Lee out, and he was cutting a promo on the how he was ready to win the North American Championship. That brought out the Undisputed Era. We had ourselves a fight, Jack. And they were beat down Keith Lee. And we got the old spot where Keith Lee's ankle is in the chair and it gets smashed in. I thought that was really well done. That brought out Champa. He ran off the Undisputed Era. Champa and Keith Lee stood tall there. So moving on, ladies and gentlemen, we had a tremendous tag match. Dunn and Riddle versus Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan. This was incredible. It picked up very well after the commercial break. Andrews got the hot tag and he just ran absolutely wild. I double toe pays and like it was just tremendous. All of the spots in this match were downright tremendous. I enjoyed uh, Pete Dunn working over the ankle. I think of Morgan and actually putting in some psychology in this wild match. At the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, just wow, near falls after near falls. And this one went into my matches of the year category. And at the end of the day, Pete Dunn and Matt Riddle picks up the victory here in what was an 
completely stupendous, amazing matchup, ladies and gentlemen. So well done. So after that, we had Champa come down. Uh, he went to cut a promo. He said that he wanted his life back. He wanted Goldie back and that he was taking Goldie back from Adam Cole. This brought out the Undisputed Era once again. And I kind of felt like, okay, we just did this. And like we having another Undisputed Era fight. But that brought out Johnny Gargano. And that got my spirits up. I'm like, okay, this is different. So we had a momentary DIY reunion, ladies and gentlemen. They fight off the Undisputed Era. And the crowd is just going crazy chanting DIY. And look, man. Uh, we're gonna get it at Worlds Collide. I cannot wait to see it against Mustache Mountain. That is gonna be a tremendous match. I gotta check out Worlds Collide. That is gonna be incredible. So next up, we had Alex Shelley and Kushida versus James Drake and Zach Gibson. Another tremendous matchup, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we started with tremendous tag team work uh, from Kushida and Shelley. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Kushida got the hot tag here, ran wild, and this was a tremendous match. To say that I didn't have much knowledge of James Drake and Zach Gibson, I was very impressed by these guys, and they really uh, surprised me here, but what really shocked me is that Shelly and Kushida takes the loss. I really expected Shelly and Kushida to get the win here, but James Drake, Zach Gibson, they move on. They were a team that really impressed me in this match, so I'm very much looking forward to seeing what they got going forward. Uh, they cut the promo afterwards, didn't want to shake hands, and I was impressed by the promo. I was impressed by those guys. So moving on, we had Tyler Breeze versus Swerve Scott versus Lee O'Rush. And this was a tremendous matchup. I, I love the spot where Swerve had a suplex and that turned into a German suplex from Tyler Breeze as well. This was a high-paced, high-octane match. And at the end of the day, Swerve Scott picks up the victory. I enjoy all of these guys. I enjoy Swerve Scott the most. That's just my personal preference. I'm glad he got the win in that. He will move on to Worlds Collide in that four-way cruiserweight title match. That should be phenomenal. I am looking forward to it. So moving on, speaking of DIY, they were out outside for a segment. And the Undisputed Era comes out of nowhere to start up a fight. And Keith Lee comes out of nowhere. Spears a fool dead into some bushes. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, yes, a bush never to be seen again. Security was just getting taken out left and right. Keith Lee drove a security guard into a car as well. And the DIYs is in the back looking like, uh, okay, Keith Lee is taking fools out. I very much enjoyed that segment. And look, man, I cannot wait to see some more of Kate Lee. So last up, we had the Women's Battle Royal, ladies and gentlemen, and it was a phenomenal Battle Royal. Didn't start that way, but certainly picked up throughout the night. Casey Cantanzaro was a surprise entrant. Mercedes, Mar Mercedes Martinez debuted uh, last night. And like I got to say that the only problem that I really have this Battle Royal was that we didn't get to quite know all of the names that were in there. Like, I know they had time constraints and whatever, but at the least, let us know all of the competitors that are in the Battle Royal. So, it really picked up. We had Bianca Belair eliminating a favorite in Candice LeRae. Uh, Martinez 
eliminating Mia Yim. That was a huge moment to which set up a Martinez and Shayna Baszler face off. The crowd went absolutely wild for that. Uh, but at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, after Martinez got eliminated, we had the shock of the night. Shotzi uh, eliminates Shayna Baszler, ladies and gentlemen. And we have that face off going on. And I got to say that first the ball before I go forward I really wanted to see Shayna Baszler move on so it was a shock to me that she was back for the battle royal and by move on I mean into the women's royal rumble I add at the royal rumble into the main roster on WWE Raw and into a feud with Becky Lynch so it doesn't look like that's gonna happen it looks like we're gonna have a, a Shayna Shotzi match up at the next takeover that's just my opinion so uh, it came down to Bianca, EO, and Tegan Knox. And look, it, after that, it came down to Bianca and EO, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this was a tremendous mini match. I have seen some great Royal Rumble mini matches when it comes down to the final two, but this one was right up that I enjoyed every bit of it. Uh, the crowd was on it like hook, line, and sinker for every spot. And at the end of the day, Bianca Belair, the EST of NXT, the one undefeated, no more, but she wins the Battle Royal and I was excited about it. She deserves the moment. She's very talented. I cannot wait to see Bianca Belair versus Rhea Ripley for the title. Obviously, this means that Bianca Belair is about to take another loss at, at the pay-per-view, so I I don't necessarily like that, but I understand it. But she won the, 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 the excuse me, the Royal Rumble. She won the match, and I'm excited about that. And it was a phenomenal NXT. It was a phenomenal Women's Royal Rumble. It, well, women's Battle Royal, excuse me. So that is it for this podcast. Let me know all of your thoughts on Twitter at Too Sweet Pod. And feel free to hit me up anytime.